around my team, yeah, we off the leash. You could look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Gotta keep your guard up, cause with everything we draw, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to Podski Wee Wee. I'm Mike Graham, and unfortunately this week we won't be joined by Josh Smith. He's feeling a little bit under the weather at this point in time, so it'll just be me. But on the bright side, we're celebrating a Ticats victory as they defeated the Calgary Stampeders 22-15 on Saturday night, clinching a playoff spot. We are currently in third place behind the Montreal Alouettes. Will we be able to catch them? It's going to be tough. They already held the season series as they whooped us in the first time in the first meeting, 38 to 12. And then in the second meeting, it wasn't that close either. It was 27 to 14. But I believe these teams have changed over that period of time. I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats have improved. And the Montreal Alouettes have slightly decreased, I think. Like they there's a solid team, don't get me wrong, and they're ahead of the Hamilton Tiger Cats for a reason. But in my opinion, I think we do have a legit shot at catching them. Now, let's take a look at our schedules coming up here for Montreal and Hamilton. So, Hamilton this weekend have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and we'll touch on that matchup in a little bit. It's not going to be an easy test. The Riders have been on a downward spiral. It seems almost a carbon copy of last year when Edmonton came into Saskatchewan, beat them, and then they just went downhill from there. The exact same thing is happening this year. Saskatchewan started off really well this season, like they did last year. And, you know, they had that hope of Mason Fine coming in, replacing Trevor Harris, and then Jake Delagala has done a, a pretty good job there as well. But it's going to be a tough test, but I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats can defeat them. Now, the Montreal Alouettes have Ottawa once again, as they defeated them last week. But it's hard to beat a team twice in a row. So even with the Ottawa Red Blacks sitting at 4-11 and and, and you know not being a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination, I think they could pull out a victory. We need help if we want to be able to catch that second place spot and get a home playoff date. And that's massive. You can't underestimate how big being at home is in the playoffs. We saw it last year. We went into Montreal and laid an egg and uh, they were on to the East Final and the Thai Cats were sent home packing. So next week, Hamilton has BC, another tough test. And I think BC, no matter if they win this weekend or not against Winnipeg, are going to be playing their starters. They're, they're still going to have, they're not going to have it locked up yet, first in the West. I still believe Winnipeg can catch them, even if they lose this weekend. So Hamilton facing BC, that's a tough one as well. Montreal gets Edmonton in Week 19. Edmonton, uh, Ottawa, then Edmonton for Montreal. They definitely have a softer schedule than us. But, you know, Edmonton, even though they're 4-11, and they stink just like Ottawa record-wise. They've been better, much better in the second half of the season. And it's going to be, it's not going to be easy for the Montreal Alouettes. 
especially at home in Edmonton. I mean, I know that they went on that terrible losing streak for, you know, three years or so, but they've been decent at home lately. Both have a a bye in week 20, so neither team plays. And then in week 21, it's Hamilton versus Montreal. This would be the perfect ending to the season for Hamilton to have a shot, you know, have an important game in the last week of the season, beat the Montreal Alouettes, take that second place spot, and then host them the next week. Like I said, it's an uphill battle for Hamilton. There's no doubt about it. Montreal has the edge. But stranger things have happened. This is possible. And either way, we're in the playoffs. We have a shot no matter what. But you'd love, you'd just love to be in that semifinal in Hamilton at Tim Hortons Field. Now, do you feel like we've been spoiled with the Cats? You know, making the playoffs uh, five years in a row now, I believe. You know, I can remember a time in the 90s where we really stunk. Like we were we were really bad. Obviously not in the late 90s, but the early 90s, we had some, some stinky years. And then the early 2000s was even worse. I mean, we had a 1-17 season, and it's funny to think back earlier on in the season. You know, people were asking us, Josh and I, is this the worst Hamilton Tiger Cats team you've ever seen? And we had to think about it, you know. They looked pretty bad early on. But no way in hell is this even close to being the worst team that I've ever seen. You know, that 1-17 season was a complete debacle. They were a joke of a team, a joke of a franchise at that point in time. I believe that was right before Bob Young stepped in and bought the team. So to think back on that now that we, we even like had the inkling, even the thought in our minds that this year's edition of the Hamilton Tiger Cats is one of the worst of all times is, is quite laughable at this point in time. Let's get into some some signings from the last couple of weeks. We didn't get to touch on it. Jamal Davis and Darrell Walker. Jamal Davis, a defensive end, comes in from Montreal, asked for his release. I don't know the details of why or, or what happened there. But he comes in and he makes an impact in his first game with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You know, I had my question marks. I'm like, uh, you know. I'm sure he's a fine player, but is he going to make a difference this late in the season? Well, it appears that he might. This guy can can rush off the edge, and you know it adds to the depth of the defensive line, which we thought was tremendous earlier on in the season. But they haven't had, you know, they haven't had a great year. They just haven't. There hasn't been a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. You know, our run defense has been poor most of the season I know that's not all on the defensive line the linebackers have a pretty big part of that as well but you know really disappointing from them this season but if you get guys back like Jagger Davis and you put him into the fold and suddenly he's rushing off the 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 outside of the uh, offensive line and getting pressure as well and you get a guy back like Dylan Wynn in the middle to add to that interior defensive line that's already playing really well I think it's a great idea. I think bringing Davis in was a great idea, and he's uh, he's paying dividends already. Darrell Walker, he didn't play last week. I haven't been a big Darrell Walker fan the last couple of years. You know, he was in Edmonton. I got a close-up look at how he played, you know, how he was when the team stunk. He didn't help, He didn't hold his head up high. He didn't give full effort. 
I just feel like, yeah, okay. If he can come in and make a difference, if he's you know got his head on straight, if he's motivated, maybe he'll make a difference in this offense. But I'm not convinced. I like the Davis signing more than I like the Walker signing. Green Day was announced as the halftime show for the Grey Cup this year, and uh, I think it's a great get. I really do, and it, I, I'm a little bit biased. You know, I, in 1994, or 95, whatever year it was, I bought the album Dookie. And like I said on the post-game show on Saturday night, that began my love affair with punk rock. That and along with Offspring Smash. And, you know, once you get into a genre, you start digging deeper. You know, that was the mainstream punk rock. You start digging deeper, you find no effects. You find Pennywise. You find Lagwagon. You know, you go you go back in time a little bit to that hardcore scene and you get some Black Flag and some Circle Jerks. Um, you know, Bad Religion. So to get Green Day, you know, one of the biggest bands in the last 25 years. They were not just, you know, one album wonder. They had many successful albums. So um, to me, it's not country. It's a band I actually enjoy. You know, it's not a band that I've followed for a long time, but I can still go back to those albums. Hell, I was listening to it on my way home today. I was listening to Nimrod. So I can still go back to those classic albums and listen and enjoy. So hopefully they play some of their older stuff. Maybe Basket Case. You know, I think they played the NHL All-Star game recently. And, and, you know, they let some expletives fly. I don't think the NHL was too happy with them. So, you know, at heart, they are a punk rock band, right? That's supposed to be anti-authority, anti-everything pretty much. So it's not going to be your cookie cutter halftime show. You know, there might be, you know, some offensive things going on. There might be some swear words flying around. But, you know, I loved, I love having them. I love them being on the Great Time Halftime Show. And Hamilton's really diving in to getting some big acts. You know, you got Carrie Underwood, nah, Carrie Underwood on Friday. And that's not, not my cup of tea, but... She's a huge name. She's a huge country star. She's a huge pop star. So Hamilton is stepping it up another notch with this Grey Cup Festival. And it's it's impressive. George Reed passed away this, this week. Um, an all-time great running back for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. An all-time great running back in the CFL. You know, you can't put into words... How important this guy is to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders f- franchise. He, you know, he was one of the the greatest running backs of all time. Uh, he started his career in 1963 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He held the career record in rushing yards, 16,116, until it was broken by Mike Pringle. He held the he held at the end of his career he held the rushing touchdowns record and touchdowns 134 rushing 137 in total touchdowns i mean what can you say this guy has a statue outside of mosaic stadium he is saskatchewan rough riders football i compare him to a guy like angelo mosca with the hamilton tiger cats when you think tiger cats football 
Who's the first player that comes to mind? Even if you're a young guy. Angelo Mosca. And it'd always be that way. And the same goes for George Reed. George Reed and Ron Lancaster. Guys who put the Rough Riders franchise on the map. You know, he died at the age of 83. He lived a, a very good and long life. I know that he was in the Saskatchewan area his whole life. He made it a home after his career. So what more can be said? He's, uh, he's like I said earlier, he's one of the greatest players in CFL history and certainly one of the greatest players in Saskatchewan Rough Riders history. So my thoughts go out to his family and friends and all the fans that followed him along. And, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of young people growing up in Saskatchewan whose idol was George Reed, number 34. So a tip of the cap to George Reed. Let's talk about some subjects from the past week. The onside punt in Montreal. You know, the one where they were second and 18. And they threw it out to the side. And uh, I think it was Antwi. And he did this earlier. Not earlier in the season, but I believe it was last year and he kind of flubbed it. And no one really gave an explanation as to what he was trying to do. Not that I saw, anyways. And when this happened originally, not originally, but when this happened last weekend, I thought, damn, that's the same guy that did this strange thing last year. What the fuck is this guy up to? But this time around, it worked, right? He kicks it about a yard or two. He recovers it. On 2nd and 18. Uh, and it's first down. A fresh new set of downs. And honestly, I've been watching CFL football for over 30 years now. I don't think I've ever seen that attempted. And, you know, successfully attempted. Obviously, I saw it last year, like I just said. But it's just a wacky rule. I'm not sure if I like it or hate it. I think I'm with a lot of people that say, you know, the kick should at least get to the first down marker. I mean, you shouldn't be able to just kick it a yard and then recover it on second and 18 and get a fresh set of downs, right? And that's not faulting Jason Moss. I think that it was an incredible move. I think it was very, very smart to do. I mean, if Hamilton did this, I would have been praising it to the, you know, I would have been screaming on Mount... Vesuvius, how great this idea was. It worked. He dug deep into the playbook and found a rule that he could take advantage of. And I don't, you know, take any umbrage with that. So I think the rule needs to be adjusted, but I wasn't mad at it. Like, I know that it looks kind of silly to, you know, it looked kind of silly to me. And I've been watching this CFL for, like I said, 30 plus years. I can imagine an American or just like a Canadian that hates the CFL seeing that and being like, see, CFL's trash. You know, look at this shit. What is this? So I think there needs to be adjustment to the rule. Now, Cam Judge laid a hit on Gordon White this weekend, uh, sent him right into the, the field goal post on a missed field goal. It was a dirty hit. It was a cheap shot. Cam Judge is a douchebag. For doing it, he's a douchebag for celebrating afterwards and taunting the crowd. Like, you should have been kicked out of the game for that, man. Like, what are you doing? Just a thumb down. You know, Cam Judge is a great player, don't get me wrong. But he needs to clean that shit up. I mean, 
if you think Simone Lawrence was bad at any, like, you know, and there's, obviously Simone has a bad rep. And we don't believe that Simone's a dirty player. And he's not. But if, if a guy like Simone did that, could you imagine the outrage online? I don't even want to think about it. So Cam Judge, you know, bozo move. I think he deserved to be fined or suspended. Let's talk about the West Division a little bit. An off year from them. I mean, and yeah, yeah, you have the Bombers, who are obviously a great team. The BC Lions, obviously a very good team as well. You know, they're both tied for first in the West right now. But who's going to get that third spot? The Saskatchewan Rough Riders seem to be poised to to grab that third spot. Or even at the time, you know, when they were playing well, they could even, you know, made a push for second maybe. But the way they're sitting right now, they're six and three. Or six and nine, sorry. Six and three, they'd love that, wouldn't they? They look bad. They just look bad, man. They look like the team last year. Everything's going down for them. And, you know, Calgary and Edmonton, they have four wins apiece. I just don't think either of those teams are going to put together three or four wins in a row to be able to catch the Saskatchewan Roughriders. So I think third is is pretty much penciled in for the, for the Riders. I'd like it to come down to the wire. That would be a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's not fun when everything's wrapped up with a couple weeks left in the season. So I hope that they, you know, Either team makes a push and kind of scares Saskatchewan. But in my eyes, I think that Saskatchewan is locked into that third spot. They will be in the playoffs, and whoever they play, Winnipeg or BC, they're probably going to get their asses kicked. Trevor Harris might be able to come back into the fold, but even if he does, he hasn't played for many, 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 many weeks. He's going to be rusty. And they're just playing against teams that are better than them. BC and Winnipeg are far superior to Saskatchewan. There's no doubt. So I think Saskatchewan will make the playoffs and they'll be in that third spot in the West. But they're going to get crushed in the first round. All right, let's talk about this upcoming game. The Hamilton Tiger Cats facing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now... Let's see here. Hamilton seven and eight. Saskatchewan six and nine. Like I said, Saskatchewan has been on a downward spiral. They have not looked good. Uh, you know, they got their backup quarterback, Jake Dolagala, who came in and, and looked pretty sharp early on. But it seems like he's come back to earth. The Rough Riders have come back to earth. And, you know, the hot seat is getting mighty hot. For Craig Dickinson, I assume, uh, you know, they're in their last year of their contract. I believe the GM and head coach are in the last year of their contract. They want to win desperately. They really do. And they're going to give it their all. There's no doubt about it. But even with Hamilton coming into Saskatchewan, I feel like they're going to take this one. I feel like the Hamilton Tiger Cats are a better team than the Saskatchewan Rough Fighters. I think our quarterbacks are better. I think our offensive line is better. I think our linebackers are probably better. Our special teams are better. Our running game, when we utilize it properly, is better. 
So it's never easy to go into Mosaic Stadium and steal a win from Saskatchewan. But I think the keys are, and it's not rocket science here. I pretty much say the same thing every week. But, you know, depending on who the quarterback is too, if it's Schiltz, the offensive line won't be as important because I feel like Schiltz can, you know, get out of the pocket. He's a threat to run. If it's Bo, if it's Bo, the offensive line is going to be massive. Okay, Bo Levi Mitchell is back at practice. He's splitting first team reps with Shields. That's what we heard early on in the week anyways. So it, it is a big question mark. Who is the Hamilton Tiger Cats quarterback going to be going into this game? You could make an argument for all three guys. If Bo is healthy enough, we're paying him over $500,000 to be the quarterback. He's supposed to be the guy, right? Shields lends a, a different dimension to this offense. Like I said, he can run the ball, and he's a decent passer. Powell is more in the vein of uh, Bo Levi Mitchell in my eyes. Now, he's more mobile than Bo, I think, but he's pretty much primarily a pocket passer like Mitchell. So this game is huge for both of these teams. And what are the keys to victory? Okay, if it's Bo, the O-line is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. They got to block for him. They got to give him time. Because God knows, you know, I thought the offensive line played pretty well in front of him the last game he played, and he threw five interceptions. So could you imagine if he's pressured? If he's pressured, he's going to be so scared. He's so scared. He's going to be throwing balls early. We may break the record. He might go for six interceptions. So he has to have a steady offensive line in front of him. And we have to run the ball with James Butler. Bo can't be throwing the ball a million times. We have to have balance within the, within this offense. Because I think Saskatchewan, you know, they haven't been great defensively lately, but I think the players are there to be a great defense, and I think they have a pretty good defensive coordinator. So the run game and the offensive line are going to be huge if Bo's the starter. Now let's see what this defensive line can do again. They got pressure last week against the Calgary Stampeders. Saskatchewan's offensive line isn't great. Let's see if they can duplicate that performance. If we can get pressure on Jake Dolagala and make him uncomfortable, you know, I think that'll lend a, a huge helping hand in getting Hamilton the victory. The linebackers need to continue to play well. Simone Lawrence has been on fire lately, leading the team in tackles in the last game at least, and I think the game before that. So this is huge. You know, if we get pressure on the quarterback, it's going to lend a helping hand to the secondary, which isn't a strong suit. But do I think they can win this game? Yes, I think they will win this game. I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats will improve to 8-8 eight and eight on the season. Back to 500, baby. And then we go from there, right? We beat Saskatchewan. Then we have another test. We, we have to play BC. This time it's at home, though. And we've beaten BC already this season. I just want that last game of the season against Montreal to matter. I want a chance to beat them and steal away their home playoff game. There'll be more fans in Hamilton than there would be in Montreal anyways. Let's be honest. 
you know, semifinals are tough draws in the CFL for anywhere you go. And I don't know why. It's a playoff game. It's not the East or West final, but it's still a win or go home scenario. And I just believe that the Hamilton Tiger Cat fans will show up better than the Montreal Alouette fans. So we deserve. <laughs> Doesn't matter how we played all season. Our fans are better. So we deserve that second place. Let's get us first place. Because God knows we're better fans than those Toronto Argonaut fans. Well, I shouldn't say that. We have more. We have more fans. So Josh and I will be back on Saturday night. Post-game show. Hopefully talking about a Ticats victory. I'm hoping that Josh is feeling better by then. Because then I'm, you know, if he's not, I'll go it alone. The show must go on. But I'm hoping to have my podcast partner back. So for, for Josh Smith, unfortunately he missed this week. I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw.